Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining me. On tonight's program, we've got June Bailu looking at what the market might do before August 10 or maybe after August 10. August 10 is the day we get the US CPI number. It was 9.1% in June. We're hoping for a better one in July. If it's a good one, great stuff. If it's a bad one, well, we might see this rally turn tail and run to lower levels. Let's hope that's not the case. Then we've got uh, Mike Gable. Mike's um, from Fairmont Equities. He's our charts guy. He's looking at a number of very interesting stocks, particularly tech stocks that have done really well, the likes of Zip and Tyro. EML, which hasn't been doing well, has been copying it. Just about every announcement it's put forward has been negative and terrible. He looks at companies like BHP as well, and a gold miner that he thinks has a lot of potential. And then Paul Ricard looks at Horizon. Horizon, I often describe as a boring company. It's involved in toting coal around uh, Queensland and other, other parts of Australia. But it's a very good dividend payer. Paul's uh, view on where this company is going is a really interesting one. That's the program uh, ahead. Uh, before I introduce June Bailu to you, let me remind you, August 10 is a critically important date and the market really is hoping that a good inflation number comes out. On Wednesday, US time, our market will show it on Thursday. As I say, good inflation number should be great for stocks. Now let's have a, uh, a chat with Junbei Lu from Tribeca Alpha Plus. Thanks for joining us, Junbei Lu. Well, thank you for having me, Peter. Uh, a good day for the market, not exceptionally, but given the fact that the Americans got an extraordinarily good jobs number mm. on Friday, which could make people think that interest rates will keep on rising in the US, it's not bad that we've con continued to rise. Absolutely. Look, the market did look a little bit shaky to start with, but clearly it's buoyed by some of the M&A news that is in the market. Mm. Uh, so we see the miners doing quite well today, uh, given the... BHP, BHP was Oz Minerals. Oz Mineral, that's right. right. And clearly Oz Mineral said no, the board right. said no. They said that out of the last 12 months, five of it, they were you know way above that, that price. So yeah. you know they want a bigger price. And now it obviously sent the boost to the rest of the copper stocks, yeah, um, you yeah. know, your metal 39 and mm. your, um, your, um, your Sunfire and things, they yeah. all rally very strongly. Um, another thing is all the lithium names are rallying very strongly. It's partly because, um, you know, they, they are now seeing BHP's commitment to uh, green, and well, the green metals yeah. and uh, green metal, green energy. As green metals, we're calling them now. Yeah, green metal. You're always right. on the cutting edge, aren't you? <laughs> that's yeah. right. You've got to get the forefront of the wordings. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, lithium is, uh, is going to become very integral part of it. So you see the lithium names rallying very, very aggressively today as well. Okay, right. So that's the mining part. Mm. And some of the less quality in tech stocks have had a good day too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's actually quite selective. Like you said, the US better job market has sent um, some of the larger tech names down a little bit today. Uh, not meaningfully, just down a little bit, but some of the really smaller end, the speculative, more um, not, not profitable tech is mm. having a huge day. Um, and, or, and the ones that recently downgraded is having a huge day. Mm. Uh, the likes of Appen is up 10%. You've got points bets, uh, not tech, but growth. Mm. Um, it is up um, uh, 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 
high single digits. Mm. Uh, we've got Redbubble is up um, something like 15%. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of uh, um, bounce in those stocks, which does suggest it's kind of like short covering yeah. uh, by longshore managers. Okay. We've been saying here for a long time now that every time these tech stocks do well on potentially less interest rate rises, mm. it's like a sneak preview for the end of the December quarter when both you and I mm. think interest rate rises probably are over mm. and the market will say, okay, we've gone over the top in mm. selling these stocks let's off. Now let's try and pick the ones that really are good value. Mm. Is this another one of those sorts of days for those sorts of stocks? Yeah, think? absolutely. It certainly feels that way. Mm. And uh, how rapid these stocks are recovering now, it certainly seems like by December quarter, they already recovered part, yeah. quite a big part of their loss. Mm. Um, absolutely. You know, the bond yield is stabilising, even though job number was good. We didn't see the job bond get sold off enormously. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of weakness. So just suggesting markets, um, you know, pricing those, uh, those high interest rate already. Okay. Um, so the story I wrote on the Switzer report today focuses on an important date, namely August 10, mm. when the US CPI number comes out. Mm. Now, let's just go through some scenarios. Mm. Imagine the number is, well, last number was 9.1. Imagine that number still is around 9. What does the stock market do? Look, the stock market will be sold off on the back of that. Um, it will make people worry about um, maybe the recession will be far more severe than what is expected now because now um, most people believe inflation's peaked, so it will come off below nine. Mm. And uh, and then in that environment, stock market is pretty good because yeah. you know corporates have pricing power. You put through price increases, and yet the demand is still there. So mm. in that environment, it's pretty good. But if it's going to be very severe inflation, an interest rate going to escalate really rapidly, yeah. uh, we might hit very severe recession. So a lot of this rally we've seen mm. has been on the basis that the market over uh, or exaggerated mm. how far rates would go up. Mm. Lately, they've pulled them back and the stock market's like that. So if we get a good inflation number mm. Wednesday US time and therefore we'll see it on Thursday. Mm. So imagine it was 9.1. I've seen numbers like 8.8, but imagine it was like an 8 or a 7.9. <laughs> I think the market would really like that. Oh, our market would love it yeah. because that just goes to show the, um, the the commentary so far is right because, mm. you know, it's peaked and th that means infl uh, interest rate doesn't have to go as high yeah. and uh, we all go back to the normal trading environment. And, and at a time when the US economy is doing well, even though it's, doing it's really in a technical well. recession, those 580,000 uh, uh, jobs Wait, 285,000 jobs. I think mm. it was 258 mm. they were expecting, and exactly. it was 285. Exactly, it was, yeah. it was incredible. Um, yeah, it was extraordinary. So if they've got growth with falling inflation, it sounds like a Goldilocks scenario. Oh, absolutely. It? And this will be the same for around the world. We yeah. will feel very similar sort of environments. So it's fantastic for equity markets. Yeah. The only thing I'm a bit annoyed about is all the good news I was expecting is coming a little bit too early. For it's me. too quick. That's right. We're waiting for December quarter. But you know what? Yeah. Um, as long-term investor like you and me, we'll mm. probably be buying all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> um, quality companies, you don't have to worry about it. their earnings. They will come through. Yeah. And uh, the current share price volatility is just temporary. Yeah. The thing is that do we buy before August 10 mm. with courage or do we wait to see August 10? I think most people will wait now. Yeah, I think it's too close. Yeah, too close. <laughs> what was there? Yeah, exactly right. All right, so what stocks have you liked over the week? Has anything come on your radar screen? You said, 
Hey, I didn't think about that. I like this one there. Oh, look, I think most of them we have positioned into the result pretty well. Things like, um, you know, the REA is going to repeat a report tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, listing so far has looked pretty good. Um, you know, we like the things. Uh, what else do we like? We like the likes of ResMed that's reporting mm. this week. Uh, things looking pretty good. Um, all CSL of CSL sneaking up to nearly 300. Nearly, yeah. yeah. So uh, you are seeing the CSL hitting that 300 mark and everyone's like, oh, it's time to sort of take profit. Take profit. Look, yeah. you can be tactical in things, but yeah. this is sort of one of those bottom draw uh, sort of stock. Mm. It has had a big rally. Maybe yeah. you can take profit into some smaller names, um, maybe um, yeah. just for the market bounce. Yeah. Uh, but it is incredibly defensive and, you know, it's good to have in the bottom I noticed draw. in America, and I'm sure you picked up on the weekend, that mm. um, one of the retail, online retail businesses did really well. And people keep asking me about Kogan. And I have, I have problems with Kogan. I know Russell and I interviewed mm -hmm. him and no one knew him. Mm. And he had a great run during the, the mm. coronavirus pandemic period. But so, I think a lot of people have question marks over the, the longevity of the business mm. and whatever. But he is a classic online retailer. What, what's your view on online retail generally and then Kogan specifically? Of course. So look, I think the online retailer just going through um, a period of consolidation. They've just done so well in the yeah. last few years, you know, yeah. hundreds of percents of rise. Yeah. Um, they, it's bound to come off. So that is the challenging part. Um, I think net-net, they will reduce costs. They have shown recently, you know, the cost, they will cut the cost and try to improve the margin. But it's, it is just a very challenging environment. Uh, looking at the likes of Redbubble, they have made a lot of money from selling masks and now that clearly that revenue is not going to be there for yeah. the next little while and um, so you know so these are they are going through a very challenging phase um, next 12 months the competition will pick up as well yeah. um, so because previously you can't get your hands on stock yeah. now you've got a lot of stock you need to clear it and a lot of people are probably not buying stuff so all of that together just the environment is a little bit too challenging I think Kogan's a uh, uh, wrestler is fantastic entrepreneur yeah. and Kogan needs him uh, to to be able to be very agile to work mm. out which line is quick and he's very quick to get on the trend, see what's selling and move yeah, them and things. Yeah. I think it's great business. Um, just next 12 months, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, but if anything, I think in this environment, I'd like to pick up some of those stocks. At, at low prices. You, mm, you, at low prices. You, you'd gamble on. <laughs> okay. uh, Look, I think you've got to take a little bit longer term view. 12 months, in the next 12 months, you will see more share price. And I guess he's always a takeover target, isn't he? Um, it, only if he will sell. <laughs> I think that's challenging. That's right. And, yeah, but it's, it's an interesting business model. So one last area, a company like Webjet, I really liked it when the market sold off. I thought it was mm. ridiculously low, mm. and I was prepared to wait two or three years. Exactly. And, and it did well faster yeah. than I expected. Yeah. But now we know you can't get a, a, a flight on a ticket, uh, on a, a plane. And if you do, you pay extraordinary amounts. <laughs> Is Webjet ready for the next leg up? Um, I think the challenge will be there for six months at least because what we're hearing everywhere is actually quite um, quite negative in terms of volume because just because there's so much indigestion in terms of people traveling and things people, a lot of people are actually cancelling um, those trips and things and push it out yeah. so if anything I actually think in the short term uh, the earning expectations is a little bit high mm. just because especially across Europe and things um, yeah. all the volume is just people couldn't get things through and then everything's costing far more expensive so the actual overall spend is now shrinking. Yeah. Um, so this, this, that's the challenging part yeah. um, for the travel agents. And I, and I guess also there's, there's the issue that a lot of businesses are using Zoom and Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. but once upon a time they mm. traveled. And a part of their business is the, the business bed market in hotels and things mm. like that as well. Mm. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they're gonna go. But I'm just wondering whether it's another one year wait, but 
it's potentially a good buying opportunity. Yeah, look, I think in the next year you probably will get um, buying opportunity. It yeah. is definitely a one year wait. Yeah. Um, it, it's so far been trading on the hype like every other travel mm. agents and mm. uh, um, it's a great business and I, have, I love the exposure, uh, but now we're sort of already passing the European um, you know, holidays now. We go heading into the winter season mm. things. Um, generally trade a little bit weaker mm. on the basis of that. So look, it's a wait and see for this. Yeah, the only thing, one of the reasons why I asked you is that there was a story out over the weekend that I think it was like 428,000 Australians went out of the country, but only 258,000 <laughs> came in in May. So we're exiting the places we are intrepid travellers, but uh, <laughs> the rest of the world still finds out the trip to Australia a long, long trip. Absolutely. And before we wind up, is there anything else you'd like to make comment on about the market so far? Look, I think in terms of market so far is that, you know, buying opportunity is actually, you know, you're constantly finding them. And this reporting season, you will actually see quite a lot of price movement. So it's very important you find the companies that will potentially uh, beat expectations and they can move a lot as mm. we have seen, um, you know, with the likes of Kogan and others, share price can go up quite mm. a bit just because there's no conviction in the market at the moment. Uh, so uh, so I do think there's quite a bit of return can be generated out of the reporting season. Okay, and listen to you, I, I had one little memory yeah. of a stock that probably has caused you a nightmare, <laughs> uh, A2 Milk. It's had oh, a good run. Had a great run. And, and I'm sure you would have investigated yeah. the FDA thing as well. What's, what's your, your hope for A2 Milk over the year ahead? Look, I'm actually, I've become more positive uh, more recently. Um, I've hung, probably, on, I've hung yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look I've got a lot short that, you know, yeah. anyway. So we, we got more positive more recently. Just share prices had come off so much and there yeah. was so much negativity when China uh, two months ago went into lockdown, Shanghai went into lockdown again. Mm. Um, so share prices were sold off and things, so much negativity. Then um, more recently, I spoke to quite a round of analysts in terms of expectations. If anything, everyone's rebased their expectation to really, really low. So I think they're actually going to come out with okay results. Yeah. Um, knowing everyone's already changed, they downgraded their earnings. And secondly, I think that FDA, they are close. Yeah. You don't get a notice like that um, yeah. if, you're, if you're, you know, you're much further down the track. Yeah, and I feel as though the Democrats want a bit more competition oh, in the market because it was ridiculous. It was basically two suppliers with one mm. in particular dominating the mm, market. Mm. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. If they get that, the share price will absolutely rally yeah. on the back of that. I know my, my sister in America, I gave her the tip on A2 Milk mm. some time ago. Mm. We need it to rebound, to, to um, <laughs> reinforce my credibility with my system. It's, it's ab absolutely coming, not only FDA, and the result will be okay as okay, well. Okay, great mm. stuff. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. That's Jumbo Lou from Tribeca Alpha Plus. Well, joining me now is Mike Gable of Female Equities, and because the market is turning, uh, I want to see, and a lot of companies uh, that we've been talking about are starting to have some upside. I want to see whether the charts are saying they've got legs, that this upturn is more than just something temporary. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, you might know some of the names I've asked you to look at. They, they are names yeah. that have often featured in, in uh, this uh, particular program. But I'm interested to see how they go. Mm. Let's kick off with the overall market. The S&P yep. 500 is critically important to our market. Whenever Definitely. they're positive, we go positive. Tech stocks do well over there. Tech stocks do well here. So what's the S&P 500 telling you right now? So yeah, everything is looking, looking a lot better at the moment. I mean, during our last conversation about a month ago, um, we're hoping, well, <laughs> anticipating that when we do get a pivot from 
um, the Federal Reserve or the RBA in terms mm. of what interest rates will be doing. That would be a bit of a tailwind um, for the markets. We haven't necessarily got a pivot, but we, but there is clearly a change in sentiment around what interest rates will do. So, as we know, um, at the the lows of the market in June, you know, locally, um, everyone was talking about interest rates of four percent. Uh, the three-year rates were sitting at a bit over four, and now they've come back to a little bit over three, and you know, a lot of bearishness out there. And I think that's given way to uh, a little bit more realism and, mm. and optimism, and. Uh, and now we're getting a bit of a recovery. Um, of course, the big question is how far can it go? But um, we started to see signs of this a month ago in terms of the S&P 500 chart. So I'll just explain what we spoke mm. about last yeah. time and what I'm seeing now, yep. um, because ultimately mm. I do think that we can have a little bit more upside, upside from here. So just looking at, so what we have here for everybody is a daily, daily chart of the S&P 500. So when we spoke a few weeks ago, um, we had a bit of a bounce and what was around June 16 or 17 or so, wasn't it? Yeah, or it might have been, been late June, but basically what I needed to see first was the higher lows. So mm. the definition of the downtrend is where you have the, the lower lows and the lower highs. So you need to at least, uh, at the, in the first instance, see a higher low. So we got mm -hmm. that higher low. Yep. And then the next main level of resistance was here near 3900. Well, so it's gone through that. It's gone through that. So when it comes to looking at uh, the index and trying to determine if a low is in place, it's not one of those things, unfortunately, in most instances where you could say, okay, from today on, a low's yeah. in place, so we can move from 100% like cash science. to it. Yeah. Mm. So it's what it does is it gives, it starts to um, give you clues and it starts to do a number of positive things that stack up mm. on top of each other. So in the first instance, a higher low, that's great. Maybe we can start buying something. Um, major level of resistance at 3,900. It broke that, bit more positive. This line here is the 50-day moving average. As we could see, for most of the year, it's been a bit of a problem because the market, I mean, here briefly, it got above the 50-day moving average, but it's generally stayed below it. Mm it then got above the 50-day moving average. So that's another tick for things are looking a bit better. Um, at the moment, it's hovering around just under 4,200, but the way it's doing that, to me, looks fairly positive. So, so these, these few factors are telling me that things are looking better. You can continue to add positions if, you're looking, if you were looking to add positions to your portfolio. Where it might start to slow down is up here just above 4,300. So here's where we have the meeting of a downtrend line as well as the 200-day moving average. So the 200-day moving average is also fairly important. Mm. So I think the S&P 500's got a bit of upside to this point before we'll need to reassess. Yep. But ultimately, it's it's looking good for, yep. for the moment. It seems to me that the, the prevailing uh, fundamental view is, and you alluded to it, is that the interest rate scenario was excessively over the top. They pulled back to being mm -hmm. more realistic. That job number on Friday probably raised a question mark about the current optimism. And yep. I guess the inflation number on Wednesday in US time and Thursday, we'll see it here. That's going to be important to mm. what we're seeing. The market wants to go up, but that could be a curveball. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, on the positive side of the ledger, we are seeing commodity prices fall back. So when you're talking soft commodity prices for 
corn and, and, and soy and so on, they're back to levels before the Ukraine invasion. Yeah. Oil, um, prices, oil are prices are going mm -hmm. down. So I think the market's seeing that happening as well. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we were a little bit too negative. Um, and I again, think this, I this, said that at the time, but yeah. still. But there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, of course. So I think ultimately, even if the market moves up here, I think at best it needs to move yeah. you know, sideways for a while so we can digest what's really happening, wait to see a bit more confirmation that central banks are going to stop with those rate rises yeah. uh, and then we, the market can then <clears throat> do its next leg higher. I, I noticed on the weekend uh, Barry Bannister from a, a US investment company called Stifle, he actually lifted his end of year target to 4,400. Around mm. that area you're talking, he was yeah. at 4,200 before. Okay. So he's becoming a little bit more positive as well. Let's go to our next one now, yep. individual companies, REA. Now, when we started talking on this uh, show about buying tech stocks, a lot of people would say, yeah, it's time to buy tech stocks, but really quality ones. And I yeah. noticed that REA has done well since we've been talking about it, yeah. uh, has, has had a nice bounce. Isn't it a convincing bounce? It is. So the good thing about this tech stock is it's important to have a look at these numbers here and just see how far it's, it's really fallen. So obviously mm. some tech stocks have fallen a lot. This is still a lot compared to other you know, stocks in other sectors. Mm. But the good thing is it hasn't dropped as much as some of the other tech stocks. So that's, like that's zip, a positive. 12 which, down to yeah. about... 40 or 50 at one yeah, stage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So when they fall that, that much, it's harder, obviously, to, to recover. Mm. But, but REA, it's, it's clearly taken, taken the hit. It's pretty much peaked when, as soon as the, uh, the three-year rate started moving up at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, Interest rate, fear talk, yeah. housing price scenario. So look, that, that's a positive. Um, and again, if we're looking at high, sorry, lower highs, lower lows, um, this line represents the previous higher low, um, uh, sorry, lower high, you think I'd get it by now. You would, yeah, um, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know it in my head, it's just yeah. not coming out of the mouth. Okay. So we've got, we've got this, um, this previous lower high. Uh, first thing it needs to do, apart from putting in a, a higher low, as I mentioned with, um, with the S&P 500, is then take out the previous lower high, and it's done that. Yeah. So that, in terms of that horizontal line, it's done it. Very nice bounce off the lows. And it's, it's edging higher, it's sort of consolidating here, which is good. It's not, it's not seeing a rush of um, um, you know, profit takers or yeah, whatever. So, yeah. so to me, this is constructive and it looks like it's, it's recovering. Again, um, interest rate sensitive stock, not just being a tech stock, but, but property related. Yeah. Um, again, mid-June, everyone was pricing in silly interest rates. Um, what they're pricing in now isn't so silly. So. Yeah it's starting to make sense that we should get a bit of a recovery yeah. in REA. And uh, we actually uh, interviewed someone who looks at the REA business and, and it doesn't do all that bad, mm. badly when house prices fall because a lot of people put their house on the market and they're on there for a longer time, they earn yeah. a lot more money. So, but that'll be on Thursday's show where we're looking at that, but I might actually give you a, a, a rerun on this particular one okay. before we do that. Let's go to a company like Tyro, mm. a classic example. Quality company that has been smashed, well, we thought it was a quality tech company, has been smashed. What's going on there? Um, so like a lot of these, we're getting a bit of an uplift uplift here. And even though sometimes the day-by-day -day numbers look, look great, 5%, 10%, 20%, whatever they're doing in one day, as mm. we could see, um, it's, it's still, 
Yeah, it's, it's still, still just struggling. a small move yeah. compared to the overall. Uh, very short term, it's, it's, it's getting high. There's a little bit of volume coming in. Um, my concern with this one is firstly the, the drop. So it's already suffered quite a bit. But what I've got down here is the volume, volume mm. traded. Mm. And as we could see, each time there's been a sell-off, yep. huge spike in volume. Yep. So, so basically that's, that's showing that, um, yeah, there's, there's serious selling, unfortunately, whenever yep. it, it, it has one of these, these mm. announcements that the market doesn't like. So although it's recovering um, at the moment, because of, because of these big volume sell-offs, it makes me a bit, a bit wary that it's only one announcement away from another mm. big, big sell-off that could, that could bring it back down. That's right. And the next big announcement will be the announcement of the new CEO. The existing CEO, Robbie Cook, leaving, going to a Star, I think. Um, but if it's a really good announcement, a mm. really good person, if we go in the right direction, if it's not one that yeah. convinces the market that Tyro's heading in the right direction, uh, I think you might be well, right. Well, just, just on that, just on that note, um, it'd be interesting to see if the opposite happens. That is, one of the big buy signals that I sometimes see on the market is if they come out with an announcement and you've got your head in your hands, Peter, thinking, mm. oh, geez, here we go again. Um, but it does the opposite and it's mm. up on volume and it doesn't make sense because the announcement's terrible. Mm. That tells you that all these that all these uh, previous sellers are getting back in and that would be a huge buy. We don't know if that's going to no. happen, but, but a huge rally on what seems to be terrible news mm. um, tells you that there's a bottom in place. Yeah, but interesting to see. Um, but at this stage, if you're gonna go into Tyro, it's a, a risk play. Yep. Let's go to Zip. Now Zip was, I guess, in a similar situation. Mm. Has it improved? Is it looking better than Tyro in terms of its recovery from its shocking lows? It, Again, I think short term we've got potentially uh, a bit more upside. Mm. Really hard to know how long this can kick on for. So again, the day-by-day -day numbers look, look pretty good. In this mm. tiny little section here, it, it doubled in price. Yeah. And we could see that, that there was quite a bit of volume on the way up. Yeah. Um, but this peak in volume coincided with this big sell-off day. Mm. So I think we've probably got some short covering. Um, Explain for people who don't understand that language, short covering. So if you're if you're short the stock, what that means is um, a short seller doing, has been has been trying to benefit profit from a falling price. Yeah. So instead of sort of buying the stock down here and selling it up here, they're doing it backwards where they've sold it up here somewhere. Yeah. But at some point they don't make a they don't make any money until mm. they buy it back yeah. and square their position. Yeah. So it's got to a point where yeah, obviously they're quite happy down here, but as it starts to get some legs because maybe some people are buying and, and they, could be wrong. they think, well, hang on, this is moving up pretty quickly and yeah. I'm not going to have much profit left if I don't buy it back. Yeah. And it just compounds and um, so it just so, snowballs yeah. from there. So it's like a short squeeze, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. um, but I think it's got to a point where that, that was as high as it was going to go. So at the moment it's holding in there. It looks like it might try to, to get going again when I look at this daily chart. but. Um, but that big sell-off on, on, on the highest volume yeah. is a bit of a sign that, that that's not over yet. Again, at best, it needs to move yeah. sideways. Stay, so you're still in the risk play. If you want to buy Zip, it's still a risky play. It's not, not like REA mm. looked like a, a reasonably good reason 
yeah. to back that company. These ones still risky. MP1 has done uh, this Megaport has been doing very well lately. Mm. Um, to me, just looks more like a looks a little bit more like a um, REA than a Zip or a Tyro. But you're the expert. Fire away. Yeah. Look, obviously, up until up until the lows, um, again, just a big drop, sort of 22 yeah. down to to six. So this will take a while. Uh, a very long time to recover. Um, what I've noticed here is, um, again, if we're looking at the, the lower highs and the lower lows, um, it started to get a move on in July. And this gap up here was, was quite significant because it went back above this previous, this previous high. So it's now put in a, what I think is a, a higher high. Unfortunately, it's just not kicking on. So. I'd, I'd, I'm a bit neutral on this at the moment mm. in terms of the way it's trading. I just don't like the fact that um, in these last several days, we had this sell-off here back down to that, that line, which is just under $8, and it's still loitering down there. So if you've got, if you've got a trading range here, Peter, mm. um, if this was bullish, then any, any sell-off should keep it in the top part of that range. At the moment, it's hanging around the bottom part of the range, which mm. is a little bit of a worry. If it closes under this red line, uh, sorry, this blue line, uh, I'd, I'd be out of there quick smart. So okay. just just keep an eye on this one. Okay, right. Well, another troubled company, uh, whenever they have an announcement, it's generally a bad announcement, EML. Um, yeah, it's just a bad chart. So mm, just, yeah. we'll just have to go straight yeah. straight there. Obviously, it's, um, it's, it's dropped quite a lot. There's a lot of gaps down in the share price, mm. um, at least with the other stocks, they're starting to get a bit of a move on, yeah. but, but this one's still making its lower highs, lower lows. Yeah. So unfortunately, not, not ready yet. Yeah, you would have to be dirty on having money in having a crack at EML at this stage. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've got to say, this is a company that is being terrorised by the Bank of Ireland, and uh, I've been told that they're going to try and look for a different central bank, but still. This is a, a, big, a big risk play. Now, Ordinate. Now, Ordinate is, by the way, the reason I like Megaport and Ordinate, they do have quite internationally competitive technology. Mm. And, and I think they have been caught up in the whole technology sell-off thing. Uh, Ordinate, it's, it's charged looking a lot better than anything we've seen so far. Yeah, so, <coughs> um, yeah, this, this looks really good. And I've thrown a few indicators here just to help people manage that, mm. that position. So, um, the first thing I noticed is it bottomed in May. Mm. The market bottomed in June. Yeah. In other words, this was outperforming the market. When so the market, people were buying it even despite, so that's, even before interest rate yeah, stories got big. Yeah. That's, that's a big, um, and I mentioned it on, on the show as well. If you could yeah. see a stock that's, that's bottomed and heading higher well before the rest of the market, yeah. as tempting as it is to go and buy, a, say, an EML, um, you're better off buying something like this because it's already outperforming the market. Um, and and it's had a it's had a cracking run, so it is in an uptrend at the moment, yep. um, which is great. Um, what I've put here is um, this line here is the 50-day moving average, which, um, as I mentioned with the S&P 500, it's a nice indicator to give you a feel for if something's getting back into an uptrend. So, mm. as we could see with Ordinate, since the end of last year, it was downtrending and it was staying under that 50-day moving average up until this point here towards the end of May when it, when it started to rally and it got above the 50 days. So in some ways you could treat that as a, as a buy signal. Um, 
what I then like to do if I'm not in 88, but if I was in this, what I'd do is once, once it starts to, to get going and, and we've got a bit of profit on the table and it's getting into an uptrend, the question for everyone is, well, when do I, when do I take the profit? How do I know that's, mm. that's over? Well, firstly, we've got the, um, the peaks there in mid last year. So of course it's going to slow down up here yeah. at some point. Yeah. But what's, what's good to do is you switch from moving a 50 day, instead of using a 50 day moving average um, as your trigger point, because that's, as we could see, it's a bit slow moving and by the time it falls under that, you're not gonna end up with much profit yeah. at all. Um, now that it's really kicking on into a trend, try to look for a tighter moving average. So in this case, I pulled up a 10 day and we can see that over the last, um, nice over the last steep, month, it? yeah, it's starting to follow that pretty well. Yeah. So if it was me, I'd now move to the 10 day moving average as my trailing stop. Mm. Um, we could see it consolidating here. As long as it consolidates um, without pulling back too much, it could be getting ready for another move higher. But at some point, you, you want to take your profit if it's, yeah. it's going to fail. And I'd, I'd use this 10 day. We could see at the moment it's trading at 970. The 10 day moving average is at 945. Just keep an eye on that. If it closes, if it looks like it's going to close under that 10 day, I'd use that as the, okay. the profit take And this point. is only a, I'll get Andre, my, my um, fantastic colleague, to look up what's the all time high for AD8 as well. You can, you can do that, yeah, if you, if, and we'll, we'll come back to it. Let's go to the next one. Mm. Just before we finish off, we'll let people know, because we're talking about, that was a, a, like a $10 high or something, wasn't it? Let's yeah. go and see what the all-time high was. BHP. Yep, BHP. So I think this is recovering from here. We can see in the last year it's been, it's been pretty choppy, but, but as I always say with the, the um, commodity stocks, um, cyclical, you, you need to, to trade them. I think BHP's bottomed out. It's really moving along quite nicely. I think it'll get a bit of resistance here near $40. Mm. Um, but, it's, but it seems to be absorbing that at the moment. So BHP is one that we've picked up recently in this region. Um, and I think that'll, that will continue to Yeah, I suspected you'd come with a chart like that, which basically said no bad uh, buying opportunity. Mm. And you come across with a company, I don't know, SLR, tell me about it. Um, yeah, so this is this is a gold stock. So what's this uh, real name, or is it SLR? Um, Silver Silver Lake. Silver oh, Lake I know Resources. Silver Lake. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah so I just haven't bought it, so that's why I don't know the ticker. Yeah. So look, we, we still like we still like resources in general. When I was last on the show, we tip mineral resources. Yeah. I'm still happy to hold that. Yeah. Um, Silver Lake is gold. Had a good week thing, last week, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I'll mention is I don't think gold stocks are a good hedge against anything. No. Um, that's that's a bit of a Furphy, as you could see, it's since, it's just a pump, since the start of the year, it's play. fallen. It's a punt play it's a with no income. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but usually the, the movement in the gold price in these gold stocks is obviously related to gold, but gold moves with, um, with the US dollar. Yeah. Um, it's got this inverse relationship. I know yeah, sometimes... So you're saying, if you're audience, you don't understand. If you believe over the next year or two the US dollar will come down, as I do, and Michael Knox from Morgan's does as well, that should be good for gold. Yes. Yeah. That's that's right. So the, the if history the US, is is any guy. Yeah. The US dollars had a had a massive <clears> run, and um, um, it looks like easing off from here. And as uh, if that does continue, as, as we suspect, um, gold, other commodities will do well. Mm. Um, so uh, that's again my continued focus on that. Um, so SLR, I think there's a bit of a bit of a trade here for anyone looking to 
um, capture a bit of upside in gold over the next few months. So just in terms of this chart, what I've noticed here is this is an RSI, which is a um, quite simply a momentum indicator. We could see that, that the momentum bottomed in May and has been heading higher, even though the share price here headed lower. So that's known as divergence, um, which is a positive, and we could see that's uh, the share price has popped higher. So now it's getting into an uptrend. And most recently, it's popped higher, consolidated a little bit, um, and then started to rally again last Friday. So um, for what it's worth, I think, you know, there's an opportunity here just to capture a bit of upside um, in some of these gold stocks. Great stuff. Thanks very much. Now, my colleague has just shown me that the all-time high for Ordinate is $10.46. So we're not far off that in many mm. ways. We're, we're in the $9.60 mark. Really glad that we talked about it a couple of months ago um, yeah. and, uh, and pinpointed it as a possible uh, company on, on the rebound. And it's actually happened. Mike, always great to see you. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure you, our Peter. viewers learn a lot every time you share your great insights. Mike Gable from Fairmont Equities. Well, joining me now is Paul Rickard, and he wants to talk about what some people might call a boring company in Horizon Holdings, but it really is an interesting company, Paul. Yeah, Peter, look, boring is, uh, I guess, any business involved in rail and haulage and logistics coal. and coal is, is, can be described as boring. But for many investors, they've gone to Horizon um, for the income uh, because it's been a high yielder. A yeah, good dividend payer, isn't it? Good dividend payer, but look, grabbing the attention it released its, uh, its four-year results today, uh, and all the attention in the market, in fact, if the AFR wrote this up as a big dividend cut. Now, it did cut its dividend, but that was by and large as expected. So uh, the market, you know, in fact, in some ways, the result today was actually a very small beat, uh, both in terms of uh, its earnings and also the dividend. It was actually better than, a little better than the analyst forecast, but it was still a dividend cut. Yeah. And um, the market initially interpreted that as negative. Our horizon sold down about 25%, dropped to about 6%. Recovered most of that back, about half of that back during the day. But look, I'd argue that's creating some value for uh, for others, um, mm. simply because the market probably misunderstood what was coming. Yeah, and so if someone bought Horizon today, approximately what dividend would they be on? Yeah, they'd be looking at somewhere around about 5.6% for next year. Yeah. So Horizon is, uh, it's, it's the old Queensland Rail, right? Yeah. Um, which was a much... A much more interesting name, Horizon than Queensland. Yeah, right? which was privatised in about 2012, 2013, don't quote me. Maybe yeah. it was even earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, I can't recall. But yeah. uh, So it's really got two parts of its business. The, the, the biggest part of the business, Peter, is very, very regulated. It what it calls its below-rail business. And that is it owns all the track mm. uh, in central like, Queensland. Like Transurban owns a, owns a, uh, a tollway. Owns, yeah. owns the roads, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Horizon owns all the track infrastructure and maintains all the track infrastructure in central Queensland. Yeah. And that exports all our metallurgical and also some thermal coal. So about 90% yeah. of Australia's metallurgical coal exports mm. go over a carried across Horizon. I guess track. even gas, no? even gas would go there too, Paul. Would it? I don't know, Peter, yeah. but this is what mainly yeah. mainly for the mines, right? Yeah. It doesn't own the carriages and the no. haulage, right? No. They're all independently owned. They're different operators, but yeah. this is the actual physical track, yeah. and that business is totally regulated, and that is about fifty-five uh, percent of its earnings. It then also has a haulage business, that is the actual locomotives and in some mm. cases the port infrastructure, uh, and operates that partly in Queensland. It has a business in 
in the Hunter Valley, which it's now trying to sell called East Coast Rail, which is the Hunter Valley uh, sort of transport or locomotives that transport um, the uh, thermal coal. Uh, has a, a business in, in WA, bulk commodities, and has some other businesses mm. across New South Wales and Queensland. And so about 45% of its, uh, of its income comes out of the so-called the haulage operation, this mm. above rail business. And as that business is trying to grow, and what it's trying to do there, Peter, is actually um, get away from the dependence on, on haulage of thermal, thermal coal, coal. Yeah. and move to so-called bulk commodities. And it's doing that for two reasons. One is that I guess everyone thinks at some stage that thermal coal will cease to be an export yep. because... Uh, might be you know, 10 or 15 years, yeah, but it'll be, happen. And, and I guess that was probably you know 12 months ago, pre-Ukraine, probably people thought about that a bit differently than maybe yep. they do today. And then secondly, that obviously that means it's sort of in the ESG sort of concerns of stocks. And yeah. so there are some investors uh, who won't buy Horizon because So a lot of fund managers won't buy yeah. them, particularly they're in the ethical yeah. space. Yep. So it's decided, it's, it's over time, is, uh, is, is trying to reduce thermal coal dependence. Uh, and it's uh, recently announced all the acquisition of, uh, of One Rail, which is a big bulk commodities sort of business in Central Australia, uh, which is, you know, a lot of other different types of, you know, Things like grains and mineral sands and rare mm. earths and all and co and copper and all other sort of commodities yeah. uh, in in Central Australia, uh, and at the same time, it's actually divesting part of its uh, of, of what's called East Coast Rail, which is its Hunter Valley um, thermal coal thermal coal haulage mm. business. Yeah. yeah. So, look, this is all happening. Um, it's a very low growth business, highly regulated, pretty unexciting. Uh, but a good dividend payer because it, until recently it's been paying out about 100% of, of, its, of its dividends back to its shareholders. Mm. So yields above 6% have been the norm. Uh, this is lower, but it's still yielding about 55 5.6%. So market reaction day was it sold off from about $4.04 to, uh, to about three eighty about an hour after it was resolved. But it's mm. bounced back. I think there's value in this stock, Peter. It's, mm. it's one of those companies. Particularly if you're a dividend chaser. If you're a dividend chaser. Now, the reason I think there's value is a couple of reasons. One, it's not without risk. So let me just explain the risk. Obviously, that um, you know, you're involved in uh, haulage of coal, which has got its ESG risks. You're also involved in the haulage of commodities and also the, you know, the, the, the track business gets to pay it on the number of tra trains going across mm. your track. Mm. And so if commodity prices fall, you know, you, you'd expect that there would be a reduced volumes. And then the third type of risk you have is, is you know, as has probably been a risk more the last 12 months, maybe this is climate change, who knows, but more weather events, right? Yeah. So they've had lots of floods and sometimes trains don't run. Yeah. And you don't get paid if you own the, the infrastructure and you don't get paid if you're a haulage company. So, um, yeah, there, there are risks, but, you know, it's an attractive yield. Um, not a stock to chase, but, you know, market sell-offs create opportunities. Markets have probably misjudged what they're being told to create opportunities. I think at 380 to 390, it's reasonable for a dividend payer. I wouldn't go too much above $4, and mm. I'm not expecting a huge gain, but I think you can quantify the risks. Uh, I don't know if we can put a chart up there, but you can see it's been in a fairly tight range. Mm. Uh, and I think as an inf I would almost describe it like an infrastructure pay, Peter, um, you know, and it's one of those companies that, that argues that it will benefit from uh, inflation and higher interest rates. At least it won't get penalised because a lot of its contracts are tied to CPI. So it actually wins out of things <laughs> like inflation. Uh, and it sort of has pressures from wages and the, the things that go with it. But, uh, 
Look, I think there's some. It's, it's reasonably attractive. So, okay. not a stock to chase, but a stock you add to your watch list. Market sell-offs, have a look at. Good yeah. for income players yeah. and a bit of exposure away from some of the other income stocks there. And, and given the dividend you, you're talking about, even in a bad time, it would probably still produce a three to four percent dividend. And when people are trying to put together a collection of companies that pay a reasonable dividend, it should be on their radar screen. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it, it, it's right, and it is you know they, it is reasonably reasonably low cost in the yeah. sense that it, you know, it costs of labour and stuff, but they're predictable. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of it is regulated and includes how much the return it gets out of, what it's allowed to make out of its, uh, its um, you know, uh, uh, below rail type business. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's value there. I would describe it as, as lower risk mm. um, as an infrastructure stock goes. But, you know, again, you're not going to get rich out of it, but worth looking at uh, if you're looking for, uh, you know, a reasonable, you know, high franc dividend income. Okay, and that's Paul Rickard on Horizon. And that's the kind of stuff you get when you're a subscriber to The Switzer Report. And that's the show for this week. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, we have The Switzer Report. It's for subscribers. It costs you a little bit of money, but it does give you a lot of insights on where you should be investing. And two of the classic companies that have done really well have been Ordinate and Megaport, which we've talked about a number of times in the report and also on the show as well. We, we do actually try to give you insights that the market generally misses because the market is very short term and we invest long term. Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday.